Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. We had a chance, obviously. Um, you know, at the end, we got... We just felt we got disrupted a little early in the game, obviously, with uh, four minute and, well, four minute, we had, what, we had four minute and then, and then another high stick and then four and four. Um, so the first period was really, you know, we wanted to get to our game and we we weren't able to get to our game because of that but having said that we got to stay out of the box too i don't know what the question was there but did you guys hear real quick before we the hockey whisperer has some takes for you guys judd's hockey show you did your you did your work last night judd's hockey show now it's time for you to sit on the bench while the hockey whisperer skates around thanks cam talbot Mm -hmm. uh did you hear the question that somebody asked the toronto coach after they got smoked by the lightning last night? I did not hear. Or, what... or is the hockey whisperer the only one that is watching like excess amounts of hockey playoffs and press conferences? I watched the I watched the entire game, but I did not hear what Sheldon Keefe was asked. So let's Somebody said, why would you play your worst defensive player in a building that raucous? Hmm. And he said, who do you think is our worst defensive player? Oh, and then he God. said the name of the guy. And he goes, well, that's your opinion, I guess. But like, a beat writer. I don't know who it was. If it was oh, a TV, an angry, emotional Tor- TV guy. No, Toronto's or... the greatest. They will kill you. They, okay. The Toronto press, <laughs> mm-hmm. they, they've got, on off days, like 60 media people covering practices. It's wow. nuts. It is nuts. So, so that was, an, I, I love when reporters, and some of, some of it's rooted in emotion, too, where they get, sure. well, I'm an objective journalist, but deep down inside, you're really just pissed that the mm-hmm. team that you really love just got smoked. And gave up three goals in the first, like, 40 seconds. Absolutely. Um, So if you were sitting in St. Louis after uh, a a Game 4 loss, what's the emotionally loaded question that you guys would have lobbed at Dean Evason? Where, all right, you're just apoplectic. You just want a freaking Stanley Cup for once in 60 years. What's the emotionally loaded question you would have lobbed at Dean Evason? Oh, that's simple. How do you possibly think that you can win a Stanley Cup or a series with a power play that is this bad, Dean. <laughs> and why is it this bad? Like, what are you not doing? Yeah, I don't get it. You've got way too much no. talent, and your power play right now is firing at 11.8%. Uh, that would be what's my a good question. Percentage? Like 15 to 20%? Uh, 18 to 20 is typically like league 18. average. So they're like half of league average, Correct. basically, which is not very good. Not good. Their power okay. play is right now. Operating at a worst worst efficiency, excuse me, than the Flyers, who had the worst power play in the entire league, did during the season at twelve point six percent. Well, before we get too deep into the power play conversation, uh, the Hockey Whisperer has some mm-hmm. statements and observations here. It's Statements it. Monday, and you guys suggest. So, why doesn't Hockey Whisperer just oh, love it? Take over statements is. And the power play thing was initially going to be further down the list, but since you brought it up, let's move it up to number one here. Okay, Hockey Whisperer observation number one. The Wild need a power play consultant. Is Adam Oates employed right <laughs> oh, now? God. Yeah, bring him back. <laughs> Oatsy! I love it. Comes well, in Paris, firing. What's, what's, what's Parisi doing? Maybe he could come in and consult. Yeah, his career is pretty much I, over. I think he just ran is, Barry Trotz out of town in New York. His coach just got fired. Just yeah. yeah, shocking. Zach. Zach is toasting to another coach <laughs> that has been fired under his watch. So the, the whisperer notices that... Listen, I don't love it when fans just get drunk and yell, shoot, right. for three hours. But shoot, 
<laughs> Why are you? They're, they're trying to, and, and they're skilled. You got these guys out here, Kaprizov, over to Fiala, Fiala. Fiala. Fires goes wide. But you had that sort of four-minute stretch of power play in the second period, chance to get back in the game. And I think they had, I want to say they had three shots on goal over the four minutes of power play. Now, they rifled some shots wide, and they what happens is, and again, this is just the whispers, amateur observation, they're trying to get so tricky, or let's 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 noodle around for thirty five seconds, and then let's try and let's try and pass one through four defenders and mm-hmm. like get the back post. It's like, or just shoot the puck and clean it up in front of the net. I don't know, but I think the other thing too. Um, so there was the four minute power play stretch in the second period. It was two minutes and then another two minutes. But they also missed a chance to tie with six minutes left in the third. That was maybe even more frustrating because you yeah. grinded your way back in the game. Now you've got another power play. This is your chance right here. And it was just more of the same. It, I want to see – I just want to see rapid-fire shots at the goal in that situation. Just have a puck go off someone's ass and off another guy's skate and get a goal that way as opposed to trying the perfect one-timer. So, I don't know. Is the hockey whisper overreacting? No. Or do they really need a consultant of some kind? Well, Screw the consultant. Common sense. Use common sense. I, the word I believe that that the hockey people use for what you're talking about is cute. They're way too cute. They're trying to like set up because it's all skill. Oh, let's let's show our skill. This isn't the Harlem Globetrotters. You're yeah. playing a, a playoff game. No, the Whisperer, Declan, in my opinion, point one is right on point. And the frustration there is huge because this could cost you the series. Yeah, it's an uh, I believe all perimeter power play is the words Michael Russo used in, in his story um, after the game, and mm-hmm. and there is too many good chefs for this power play not to be successful. Like you got Kaprizov and Fiala and Zuccarello and Dumba, like you have plenty of guys here. Boldy's been great on the power play this season. Bolino and and big guys can get in front. Greenway can get in front. Like you have a plenty of people to have a successful power play. And look, Ryan O'Reilly is the difference maker to Judd. That's what I asked him yesterday. I said, what, what is it? Because when I look at St. Louis, because they got depth too, hashtag depth, they have a lot of scoring. Why is it that St. Louis has a far and away better power play than Minnesota? I truly don't know. I don't get why it can't be as good as St. Louis. Frustrating. Yeah, I mean, why, like, how about some, again, this is, now this is just drunken hockey whisperer. Just, why don't you shoot? How about some howitzers from Dumba from the point and then just, you know, Clean it up in front of the. It just feels like they're trying to get clean goals on a power play where there aren't going to be many. That's that's my yeah. observation. Well, in in the case of Dumba, he right now can't shoot. Like his arm is so screwed up. But mm-hmm. but what I want to see is this. I would almost find a way to take Felino from the second power play and put him on the first because I want him in front as a presence there. Um, because yeah. Your best power play goals are going to be ugly. And who gives a crap if you score? So I feel like now it's Zuccarello over to Kaprizov, back to Zuccarello. And now Fiala. And Fiala has a dances around with the puck, but he doesn't shoot. And it's like all of this, all of this um, creativity. Oh, we're being creative. No. Like the Whisperer said, shoot the puck and then have people in front that can clean up the shot because there inevitably is eventually going to be rebounds. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the whisper has more observations here, more statements, but I think this feels like a good chance to say that if you're not already getting enough of a sweat by just watching a fun playoff series, we have discovered the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports here. Thanks to our friends at Underdog Fantasy and the Underdog Fantasy app. You, it's, it's, it's incredible across the board for all sports. Um, and once we get to you know the season-long NFL season, it's... A, I'm already excited about this. You can already draft teams for the NFL. There's no stressing over day-to-day or week-to-week management. You draft a roster. There's no waivers, no trades, no lineup setting. If you're a casual fan and you just want to get a good sweat on games that you otherwise wouldn't, you can. Uh, the app and website are incredibly user-friendly. Even Judd figured it out. Yes, I did. I mean, how about that? Yes, yes, I did. I figured it out and uh, didn't do great, but I did figure it out. If you sign up and use the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, Underdog Fantasy will double your first deposit up to a hundred dollars. It's a hundred dollars and free if you want. Nice. I, I say, um, I like the overs myself. Well, it's yeah, more fun you got that a hammer. Way. I do too. Yeah. I made the mistake. But I put can... I put the unders on Tarasenko yesterday for shots. Oh Huge yeah, mistake. 
Yeah, you can stick. I did that. Got one. You, you can you can do those pickums. You can also do uh, you can you can draft rosters, and it's a blast. Go check it out. Tinker around and enter the promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, underdogfantasy.com in the Underdog Fantasy app. Okay, so this is kind of a sub-bullet point observation underneath the power play thing. The biggest missed opportunity for the Wild was actually after the failed power play stretch in the second period. Or if you remember, so they had the four minutes or whatever it was, and then all of a sudden it's back to even strength, mm-hmm. except for the fact that two Blues players lost their sticks. You had two Blues players without sticks for like 10 or 15 seconds, and then one guy got a stick back. But now you had, there was literally a player on the ice for a minute without a stick yes. for the Blues. Yes. And it's like the Wild didn't know how to attack it. They didn't know what to do. They were kind of treating him as a player with a stick. And this is where the Hockey Whisperer's knowledge ends, and he defers to people far smarter than he is. And thankfully, Wayne Gretzky yeah. was on the TBS intermission report. And Wayne Gretzky... Went on an it was a, it was a fairly understated rant. He wasn't like you know furious and irate, but he said it wasn't like Charles Barkley calling the Timberwolves the dumbest team on the planet. But he said you need to go two on one against the guy with no stick. Right. You need to form essentially a two on one and attack the guy without a stick because he can't do anything except kick the puck away. And so when the great one says they botched a great opportunity after botching a great opportunity with the back to back power plays, the hockey whisperer is smart enough to know. Who to listen to? And the Wayne, great one. Wayne also said to, uh, uh, wasn't an old man yells at clouds rant, but he was talking about how if you lose a stick, just go get one. Like you can't leave the, you have to just go get another stick. And yeah, that, that dude stayed out there for yeah. an hour. What's the point? And then, and then he chased the puck down. It's like, what are you doing? What's the point of just standing there? <laughs> it, like, the, the, just go get another stick. And yes, huge missed opportunity though from the wild. I agree. The stupidest he, thing. Uh, he, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. The stupidest thing is this. When you don't attack that, because that is like a gift. Like, you've got to attack it, and they didn't. And I saw in another game, I think it was Boston-Carolina on Friday, there's an injured player, I think on Boston, and the the Hurricanes attack the other side from the from the guy who's basically trying to, like, make his way on all fours around the ice. Why wouldn't you attack the injured guy? He can't do anything. Like, this is the thing I don't get about how do you not use common sense there? Hey, two dudes, no stick. That allows us, because we have sticks, to make a play, right? So, yeah, it's like this is the time, and and this is the thing that I love about the playoffs. As I told uh, Dex on on our post-game show yesterday, right now everything matters. Like every little opportunity is a gift, and you have to know how to attack it. Like think quickly, right? And what you're saying is attack that. And when you don't, that's how you lose games like this. Yeah. And Gretzky's final point was, instead instead of attacking the guy without the stick two-on-one mm-hmm. and getting some sort of closer look or clean look, yep. they're rifling cross-ice passes through the guys with sticks. Yes. <laughs> so do you think, because this is the type of scenario, it certainly doesn't happen every game. It might only happen a handful of times all season for you where you're you're five on five or you're running a power play and oh my god a guy's stick snaps in half and he's still out there is this something that they do you think they practice this like NFL teams will practice some obscure situations situationally in training camp do teams practice this oh guy loses a stick three times a year what do we do my guess is occasionally yes and and they probably don't practice two guys down a stick but they certainly probably do one yeah yeah. Not on a, a daily two basis. Guys, two guys now a But stick. you knew, you have to <laughs> no be prepared to, to, what, to what Dex said about Wayne's point, too. There are definitely some teams that say if you lose a stick, go to the bench and at the very least get one. Yeah. There's definitely teams that practice that. Uh, because, or just can't you just go off the ice for a guy that has a stick? I mean, there's a, a few options. It depends on like. your time. I, I think it depends on... on just, where the puck is stick from the bench. Where, ah, oh, I hit the wrong guy. He's dead. <laughs> um, but yes, there are there. Are, no question in my mind. There are definitely teams that practice exactly that, and they should. You've got to be prepared for every situation possible. Again, especially if you're in the playoffs, you have to be. No. Okay. Hockey whisper statement number three. It's going to need some help from Declan on this one. This feels about as poorly as Kevin Fiala can play. Bad penalties. He's not scoring. Some of it's bad luck, where you just you're just going to go through stretches where 
the puck isn't finding the net, but this is now a stretch of 13 playoff games, one goal for Kevin Fiala. Mm-hmm. 13 playoff games, one goal. Uh, just some boneheaded plays in the mix here and there. So there's two ways to look at it. Number one is, all right, dude, it's time to time to snap out of this thing here. You know, you're you're one of the main guys here. You got to score some goals. But the other way to look at it is, uh, they're tied in the series and they're fighting without the best of Kevin Fiala. Right. You think that it's still to come at some point. So I don't know. What's your What's your take on it? Dan? Yeah, I, I there's definitely a little bit of a "woe is me" attitude with Fiala going on right now where he's tilting up his head and he's clearly frustrated and he's slamming the bench door. And and that's kind of who he is in general. He's just an animated, fiery player. And to be honest, I kind of still respect that. I, I, I don't I don't like the guy that just still mopes around and puts his head down. Oh, gee whiz, I guess I'll go get him next time. No, he's pissed and he wants to contribute. Um, that was my kind of grand scheme before the... And I know he took a really bad, dumb cross-checking penalty, but they, they were down two goals at that point. Like, dumb penalty in a, in a, in a meaningless situation. But at that at the point of going into the, this game, the Wild were up two games to one, and their second best player hadn't contributed yet. Okay, so but Kirill Kaprizov was firing. Mark Andre Fleury's been as advertised. Mostly, this team has been fine throughout the course of the series, and you just haven't gotten the best of Kevin Fiala. And it just feels like we 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 have circled him and, and put the sharks around him in a series that is two to two. Like if if the Wild were trailing in this series, let him loose. Absolutely, let him loose. Because he would deserve it, but it's just I'm not going to put all my energy in and getting Kevin Fiala going. And at the same time, with the dude that had seven game-winning goals last or this season with the Wild, and by the way, had the second most points of any player in Wild franchise history. Think about that. This year, he had a ton yeah, of points. He broke the record. He broke the record too, right? Yeah, Kirill, Kirill broke the record, and then Fiala broke the record. 85 points for Fiala this year, and we're 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 literally acting him, and fans are calling him the D'Angelo Russell. Of of the Timberwolf of of the Wild, well, and I don't well, I don't know well. if I can go that far because the dude is can be a game breaker, but like a statement within a statement to the hockey whisperer is be the game breaker, Kevin. Well, be that is game it fair breaker. to say that he that Kaprizov has raised his game after game one? I mean, yeah. Kaprizov's just been ridiculous, but Fiala and his performance over the last couple seasons of playoffs, thirteen games or whatever, going back this probably goes back even further. It feels a little like the old Wild young players. Doesn't it? That's what I said last night. So I, I defended him through three games because there, there were people after the game on Friday in a game in which I thought he disappeared in the second period, but actually I, I saw him a bit in the first and third, and they won the game. And I said, I'm not going to bag on a guy who is on a team that is currently up by a game and playing well. And just on game three, Friday to me was such a great road game. I mean, it was everything that you want your team to do. Did Fiala play great? Absolutely not. It didn't cost him. Um, yesterday rubbed me the wrong way because of what Declan said. There, there was on a power play, which, by the way, you have to hit the net. Now, Kaprizov got robbed, but the goaltender, Bennington, made a great save. Uh, Fiala, I believe it was second period power play, the one that you were talking about, Phil, missed the net entirely twice. And the second time, his head went back like, oh, and that's all about himself. He's, uh, he's feeling sorry for himself. That's not a team thing. Um, and that's what I said. It's the old school wild. And on the uh, TikTok that I did between periods, which the kids love, and so I'm love big Judd. on TikTok. Love the doc. Uh, I said in particular, if you want to pull that stunt, that's fine, but get in a damn time machine, go back and join Parisi and Suter and Granlund mm-hmm. and Zucker and feel sorry for yourself because, oh, we can't do nothing right. Otherwise, pull your head out and start playing, first of all, smart, and second of all, continue what you're doing, showing up, show up, and continue to shoot, and by the way, hit the net, and you'll score again. But what I hate is, Declan's right, he's fiery, but he's fiery at times because he's mad about what's not going right for him. This is the playoffs. This is all about what's going right for the team. And to contribute, you need to get away from, I can't do nothing right, and get into what can I do? What can I do at every second, every shift, to maximize the best of myself. And it might not be goals. I mean, he might be struggling. That's fine. But this whole thing of, I missed the net, and now, no, that's your, first of all, it's your fault. Second of all, pull your head out and do something. And that's the one line I might be tempted to break up. Uh, Now, in the third period in game four, it played well. But the thing is, Boldy has started to take off. So I would keep that line together. But that's the one line that I would be tempted because I'm going to do whatever I can to light a fire under 
under Fiala. And when he's pulling this crap, it really rubs me the wrong way. The world is not against you, dude. You go, you're a streaky player, but that doesn't mean that it gives you license to one pout and two, feel sorry for yourself. That's a bunch of crap. Yeah, and look, he's streaky. First 25 games this season, he had one even strength goal. Mm -hmm. One even strength goal. So not a time to disappear because the playoffs are on, but at the same time, eventually his game tilted the other way, and the dude was literally one of the best forwards in all the NHL after that. So you'd like to see him get a game-winning goal and make up for himself. And he's able to do that in Game 5 and 6, and then I'll be singing his praises. And don't forget, too, on, on the Boldy goal in the third... Fiala made a tremendous play. But, I mean, that's what you need. He set that goal up. That's cool. That's fine. I I have no problem with not producing statistically. I have a major problem with thinking that the world is working against you because you're not producing statistically. This is the playoffs. Contribute however you can. uh, And don't don't slam the door. Oh, you're mad. Well, screw that. Go out and have a good shift. How much does his future with the team revolve around what happens in these playoffs? I think it's important. Yeah. I can't dismiss it. Yeah. And again, if he's playing his hardest and the points aren't coming, that's a different discussion. But if he's, but if he is, as the whisperer just said, reverting to the, oh boy, this is, you know, this is all just like with Zookie and Granlin, the granny and, and that, well, that's a, Bill Guerin's going to call BS on that and he should. So yes, I think that this is important as far as, how do you now respond, right? It's all about responses. Yeah, you know what he needs? He needs a pair of chill boys. That's oh, what I would recommend. Wow. I mean, that could could really open up a hat trick situation. There's a number of different positive things that could come Absolutely. from uh, from Fiala trying the most comfortable underwear that we've ever worn, chillboys.com. What's one word to describe how Fiala might feel if he strapped on some chill boys for game five? Uh, for me, actually, I'm using a hockey term. I'm using even strength. I feel even strength with my chill boys on. That's exactly what I need, my even strength, my, my bamboo fabric and performance brand. A great quarterback once said the word that I would use for everyone, including 22, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Relaxed. You feel relaxed, right, Joe mm-hmm. boys? And, the, so. and Kevin Fiala needs to relax. Success will come. It's a Minnesota-based company. They're passionate about one thing, your comfort. Get yours at chillboys.com. Hockey Whisperer Statement number four. Matt Dumba is far too experienced <laughs> to make careless passes like the one that led to a blues goal in the second period. Amen. It was it was I guess lazy is one word to describe it, but it was it was just it was cute. I don't know if he didn't if he here so he miscalculated the distance between himself and his teammate, or he didn't see a blues player coming, but like, why are you making a no look? sort of back shovel pass in that situation. Mm-hmm. It just, that felt like something that you would excuse if it's a 21-year-old, 22-year-old kid. Oh, yeah, all right, you got, this isn't regular season hockey on a Tuesday night. You got to be protective of the puck. It's Matt Dumba, dude. He's been in, the, been in the league for eight years or whatever it is. Hockey Whisperer wasn't, wasn't a big fan of that play. That, Bad turnover. That goal was absolutely atrocious, brutal. So he makes that pass. And by the way, the guy who, who was right there for the Blues, Ryan O'Reilly. So, like, you just got, and it was a stupid pass. It was a stupid play. And then it led to Dumba for the second time in the same period being undressed by Kairou, who this time scored. Um, Now, Kairou's move was the ultimate move that I'm sure got shown on on highlight shows. But the Whisperer's a thousand percent right. The problem with that play starts with that stupid pass. And yeah, what, so he makes the bad pass, and then he, and then he tries to recover. Yeah, you know, I'm, right, I'm going to recover, and he gets deked. Yeah, it was bad. But I mean, that's the type of goal you can't give up. Like, I'm not joking here. It's it's one thing to make a mistake, and that's a bad goal. It's another to do something so stupid that you sabotage your own team. This that's the type of play that will lose you playoff series. Was that that was the second goal of yeah. the period? Was that the through the three one goal? So I th- I think. Yes. You know, the, the first period was such a train wreck to start with in a lot of ways. And they like they fought, they stayed calm after the Blues start. Kaprizov mm-hmm. ties it at one, and you kind of felt like, wow, the Blues, it feels like the Blues should be up two or three to nothing. Mm-hmm. And the Wild weathered the storm, and Kaprizov tied it. And now you go into the second period, and the pressure's kind of back on the Blues. And so, you know, and then they, they score the first one. And this one we're talking about is the second one to make it three to one. But. You know, even after the first one, it's like it's still only two to one. 
you're fine. You're fine here. It's going to be back and forth. And that, that just felt like, not that you couldn't come back because they almost did from down three to one, but it just felt like, oh, man, you weathered the storm in the first period. Then you made this ridiculously dumb play, and now you're back down three to one. Oh. The three players that have to be better for the Wild going forward in this series and obviously beyond if they want to make a run are Fiala, Dumba, and Hartman. Now, Ryan Hartman has five assists, but that's because he's literally passing the puck to the best player on the ice in Kirill Kaprizov. Those three players, in my opinion, have been non-existent. They haven't been there. They're core players that have to contribute at higher levels, and all three of them, I think, you can circle and say, you need to see more of them so far this series. Observation or statement number five from the Hockey Whisperer. This is the final statement, and it's going to be, it's going to be coded in perspective for you guys. Okay. It's easy to get caught up in the, the Dumba play and then the Fiala and this. And, oh, my God, everything's amazing after game three. And then everything's terrible after game four. But the statement is this series is exactly where it should be. Mm-hmm. Tied two games apiece and headed for six or seven games. This is exactly what everyone thought. This is going to be a six or seven game series. It's very coin flippy. It's going to be a grind. There's going to be games that, you know, you you're disappointed. There's going to be games where the Blues bully you around. There's going to be games where the wild skill comes into play. But ultimately, this is if I would have told you before the series, hey, after four games, it's going to be two to two. There's going to be some good, some bad, some annoying. It's probably headed for seven. It's definitely headed for six now. This is exactly where the series was supposed to be after four games. I told De- Declan this at the beginning, and I still believe it to be true. If the Wild loses this series in, in six or seven games, I will be disappointed but not surprised. Like, this is an incredibly even series. It is incredibly even. Now, there are certain things that the Wild has done in their two defeats that I find annoying and at times not excusable. But that being said, yes, this series is exactly the flow of it is not surprising. And these two teams, I mean, they're fun teams. They're good They're good teams. Kaprizov is, God bless him, a superstar. Like, he made plays to keep his team, I thought, at times, in the game on Sunday where they didn't used to have that, that player, and that's how the score got to be like 5-1. to one. Uh, Kaprizov made some incredible plays, so much fun. O'Reilly on the Blues, phenomenal. Like, for what he does skill set-wise, absolutely great. But, yeah, I I am annoyed by certain things in both of the defeats, but as far as the tone and how this has gone and being 2-2, Whisperer, I'm with you completely. Not surprised. Yeah, and, and if they can win Game 5, I believe it's 71% of the time that teams that have won Game 5 go on to win the series. So, I mean... Statistically, if you win Game Five, it's mostly in your favor that you'll win the event inevitable series. But it's been it's been a dogfight here. Go home, get back to home ice advantage, get the three to two lead, and then you have two games to play with. I like the Wild's odds of still getting out of this series. Not surprised either. And don't they have the home ice now? Yeah, right, exactly. two yeah. of the two of the last three are at home. Tuesday yep. here, Thursday St. Louis, possible Game Seven here. Just mm-hmm. just win the home games. Win it. Win the win the home games or win Game Five and just end it in St. Louis. Damn right, punch him in the punch him in the gut in St. Game Louis. Six in St. Louis, right? Sorry, Game Six. Yeah, Game Six. Game, game Five, five at home. Game Six in St. Louis. That would be so nice. There it though. is. Those are your five hockey whisperer statements. There he is. He's back. Yes, the the legions of hockey whisperers fans. Thank you, guys. Oh, 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 oh the, thank you. Oh, oh, the hats. The hats are coming in. <laughs> premature. Premature hats. Oh, premature hats. Hat yep. After further review. The whisperer was offside. We have no goal. Oh, no. No goal. It's ridiculous. Good ridiculous. Um, Judd's Hockey Show, you can find. You guys are doing post-game vent lines, so you can find that in three different places wherever. Well, you can find it more than there, but the Score North YouTube channel, the Mackie and Judd podcast feed on demand, and Judd's Hockey Show has its own separate podcast feed. If all you really care about from us is Judd's Hockey Show, you can get that injected right into your feed and into your veins. All right, boys, it is a statements Monday here and the whisperer doesn't want to just hijack the whole thing. And so uh, let's, you know, the, the, the twins, you know, it was a series against Oakland and I don't know, not many people were watching that over, you know, a wild playoff game and some other things, but the twins, despite some injuries continued to win some games. So mm-hmm. let's, let's go on the room. We'll get to a buffoon of the week at some point too, but let's start with Judd. Do you have any Twins-related statements for us? Indeed I do, and I am going to start off with the positive, since, as Phil just said, they swept the Oakland Athletics. My first statement is this. I got a tingle. 
I got a tingle. Oh, God. Jace Tingler. Oh, God. Out of the bullpen. Rocco. The Tingler. The in, tingler. in Baltimore Jace. with COVID. I think he, he's back now. But uh, the Tingler steps up to the plate. Things didn't work out with the Padres, the Friars, so he got fired there. But the bench coach, four games in, ladies and gentlemen, I give you the Tingler, three and one. So they suffered the bad loss on Thursday in Baltimore, but then they come back and sweep. And Jace Tingler, interim manager, interim for now at least, three and one, and off to a heck of a start as the Twins uh, skipper. I got a tingle, boys. Okay, is this a, you guys are watching the Showtime Lakers thing on HBO, which <laughs> I haven't seen the finales last night. Is this a Jack McKinney situation? Well, they're not Listen, gonna... Rocco, why don't you, looks like you're still a little under the weather there from COVID. Why don't we just keep letting uh, Paul Westhead and Pat Riley coach the team? Be great. All Listen, I know, you say that, all I know is you're doing a good job. Oh, I know, I just said the Tingler's done a good job. That's all, you know, three and one. I can't. Well, but you say, you know, the, the things didn't go well in San Diego. Things went very well in San Actually, Diego for a year and like three quarters. And then halfway through August of last year, they just stopped winning games and they had some clubhouse. Pro- they have big personalities. Manny Machado is is a hard guy to manage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they've got some. I mean, it was a meltdown and I'm not saying that he should be exonerated. I'm sure there's things that he should have done differently. But eh, same. Mm-hmm. Rocco's done a pretty good job this year, too, because. Oh, yeah. They got off to a hot shot, Rocco. But yeah. it is nice having Jace Tingler in Why the mix. Why are you bringing this up, Zolgad? Why <laughs> yeah. are you bringing this typical up? Typical Zolgad. They're 18 and 11. On they loser, loser North. Typical of what? Typi- typical of those guys to bring up. <laughs> Negative the, North. The, yeah. Twins are winning and they bring up a managerial situation. How is this helping the team? I saw that tweet yesterday. Oh, God. A guy that we all know got a tweet basically saying, You're not helping the team by tweeting this. What are you this. doing? Um, dude, I'm not paying the that, team. Dude. The team can help itself by yeah, just exactly. performing well and signing free agents and exactly. making trades. We just comment. All right, Declan. <laughs> All right. My statement is we're going to need a new closer. So Emilio Pagan has been, uh, has been saving games by the grace of God. Somehow he has four saves so far. He has faced 41 batters in his eight innings of work. And he has a whip of almost two. 1.7 whip. So far for Emilio Pagan, who was obviously acquired in the Chris Paddock trade that sent your closer Taylor Rogers over to San Diego, who is thriving with the Padres. But luckily, I think they have their in-house option. And his name is Johan Duran, who has been lights out for the Twins as a reliever so far. In 14 innings pitch, 24 strikeouts, and routinely pumping 100 miles per hour on the gun, dude. This is that reliever that the Twins have lacked. This is a Twins pitcher that they have mostly lacked throughout the last 10, 15 years, right? What has Josh Hader been able to give the Brewers? This this electric lefty who was able to come in and throw 100 and throw just nasty breaking balls and wipe hitters out. Um, and this is exactly what the Twins could use in Duran. I know he's younger and they want to ease him in, but at this rate, I think you got to start using him more in high-leverage situations. May as well use him as your closer. Emilio Pagan, I think his time's going to be up here pretty soon if he continues to walk the plank. And Duran does have he does have two saves, and I and I agree. I think I don't I don't think you should just be preserving him only for save situations because I think then you then you wind up not using him in certain games. Yes. So I, I, ideally he would be your and this is what Taylor Rogers was. Ideally he'd be your fire firefighter guy, and sometimes he's a saves guy, and Pagan could just hold down, you know. If it's a two-run lead or a three-run lead, just you want to walk a guy or two, that's fine. The weird thing about Pagan, he already has, he's walked 10 batters so far in, what, nine, eight, eight and two-thirds innings, he's walked 10 batters. All of last season was San Diego, and he had he wasn't that great with San Diego last year, but he only walked 18 batters all season in 63 innings. So the, he's not been a big control issue guy throughout his career, Got but yips. he can't find the plate at all so far this year. The the pitching yips, man, can be real. Duran is an an intriguing one, though, because I believe he threw um, threw a ton of pitches, and he's pitching two innings at a time, and he did on Saturday, so he couldn't come back Sunday. Um, I wonder, Declan, to your point, because 
I wouldn't use him just as a closer, right? But I wonder if they shouldn't be necessarily targeting him for multiple innings of work and thus eliminating him from the next game for sure, because it seems like he's a guy that I want available as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I get why they, I get why what they're doing. I just don't know if that's the best use of a guy who is so filthy and can, like, if I throw him on Saturday. Do I want to say, well, he can't pitch Sunday for sure? It sure be nice to bring him back if I have a situation on Sunday again. So yeah. I wonder if that's how, how they could craft this differently. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I He's kind of, the, Duran is kind of the, the Josh Hader weapon. I'm not going to put him quite in that category right. yet. But they would the Brewers would use him for mm-hmm. two innings, and mm-hmm. then he would be unavailable. And it just kind of depends on the game flow. But uh, yeah, I, I think I actually think Pagan is going to settle in control wise and be more reliable. It's kind of shocking that he hasn't blown more games to this point. <laughs> they're dude, they're <laughs> stockpiling wins right now. Yeah, baby. I, you know, the, the, the more wins they can stockpile now, the more leeway they get later to go through. They're beating a bad, bad teams, which is awesome. Yeah, you, good you for you. Who cares? You, you should not apologize for beating hell no bad teams. Okay, here's my first win statement. Mm-hmm. Royce Lewis's swing looks exactly like Derek Jeter's swing. I've watched him a little bit in the minor leagues and here and there, just spring training clips and whatnot. But it never his first career major league hit the other night was just a rocket single to right field, just like Derek Jeter. And he's got that same sort of like reach the bat out, poke the ball to opposite field. Smart hitter. The stance is very similar. Yep. He's a he's he's a cool, calm, collected personality, just like Great Jeter. Great kid. I'm going to guess he probably studied Derek Jeter a little bit growing up, and some of those mannerisms are are wearing off on him in a good way. But just watch this dude's mannerisms and swing. It's Derek Jeter 2.0. I'll piggyback off that with this statement. Okay. He he ain't going back down. Um, This kid belongs. Hmm. This kid belongs. He is wired absolutely right. He'll struggle. That's fine. The problem is when you struggle and you get lost, and now you're in your own head and you feel bad for yourself and things, to, right? This kid's not going to do that. He belongs. Furthermore, I've got his position because Carlos Correa is going to come come back here. I don't know when, but he's going to come back and play shortstop, and that's yeah. awesome, right? It's it's not going to be Tuesday, by the way. No, it won't it's be. Here. He 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 confirmed that it's more painful than he thought, well, but it's not broken. Okay, just quick aside. Put him on the IL then, retroactive. Yeah, but they didn't yesterday. They had two backup catchers. That was it, idiots. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to the point. Royce Lewis. Among his positions, when he does stay, because he belongs here, will be center field. We could talk about the why, but he is going to, he played there in the Arizona Fall League and did okay, but he can play. And the thing about him, too, was the the concern about him playing shortstop, you guys. He looked fine to me. He looked, he, he made some really nice plays. So this kid's an athlete. He can play. He can hit. He's going to stay, and there are places to play him besides shortstop. Well, I yeah, ideally Buxton's not sitting out a lot. I know that that happens <laughs> half the games basically. <laughs> yes, but exactly. if Buxton's playing and Correa's playing, I would also consider third base. Sure. Now, Ursh- Urshel has been passable, and Miranda has shown some some flashes. Mm-hmm. Big home run over the weekend. But I don't think third base has like a locked in, Mm-mm. can't move a guy situation. So maybe you can kind of sprinkle him in. Maybe he's almost a super utility guy that's that's playing around different different spots. The the Twins have some really good problems here because at some point Luis Arise is going to be back from the injured list, and I, I think this Miguel Sano will be back in a month. But I I think all of this bodes poorly for Sano because like give me Arise in the lineup, give me Royce Lewis in the lineup, right? Huh. Give me give me these guys who are going to be. Yes, better defensive players who are going to get on base and make contact with the ball. Absolutely, I want to see those guys on the field for this. Game. I'm just saying, good old Byron, God bless him. I I love him, but relying on him to be out there is ridiculous. So I want to give myself as good of options in in uh, center field as I possibly can. And I think if Royce can play out there, I'm fine with it. Okay. By the way, what is wrong? So he, he has no structural damage to his knee, and yet he keeps missing time. He had to come out in the eighth or ninth inning 
yeah. and it's it's a hip now. Hip. So he's got the he's got he's dealing right. with the knee, but now it's a hip situation. Yes. Said he did acupuncture for the first time too. I'm not, yeah. What happened? He landed did, so that did, did you see the the strikeout that got dropped Saturday? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he hauled ass to first, which by the way, you know, good hustling. But he landed um he landed really hard and and and, and he took a big stride. And I think when and I think that's just the run, same dude just, and I think that's the same exact thing though that he did against Boston this time last year which got him back on, on the aisle back then for an extended period with a hip. I think something happens there. I think there's a problem there. I really do. Mm. Because he this continues to be like but like these, this worries me. A hip base, baseball has been played for 150 years. Yep, guys sprint to first base and lunge to try and get to the base. I know. multiple times every game. Yeah, and don't tear their hip <laughs> or tweak their well, knee. Why is he always getting hurt on these sort of benign plays? I'll throw out a word when it, it comes to hips because hips are ordinarily problems for old people. Chronic. Does he have a chronic condition? Like, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. It's weird that he continues. It's weird that two consecutive years now, it's a hip. Like, I don't think of ordinarily, unless you've got some type of weird chronic condition, I don't associate young athletes in their prime with hip problems. No. Do you? No, not. Like, knee, yes, knee problems. I'm trying to think of examples. Usually, it's a a later in your career. Bo Jackson had a hip, but that, that was from, I think, a football injury. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, Declan. All right, my next statement is uh, Max Kepler, comma, never doubted him. Never doubted Max Kepler here, okay? Last 20 games comma. for Max. The yes. comma's key there. Thank yep. you. Thank Cloud State. Good job. Go Huskies. Uh, last 20 games for Max Kepler, slashing 281, 378, 500. That's an OPS of 878. And Phil, help me out here with you being the analytics nerd. So, so Kepler has always had bad batting average on balls in play, right? His bat pip's always been terrible. Um, Correct. It's yes. always been really bad. Because he, he hits too many pop-ups. And you typically, and this is where I need your help here, you'd like your batting average and bat Do you want them as close as possible? Like, do, do, if you're hitting, no, you it, don't want them as the, close the, as possible. Well, you, I mean, wow, you've opened up an analytics can of worms here. So... Your bat and I, the broadcast team on Bally's, oh, they were in on led this. by Dick Bramer, was trying to explain and, and dissect BABIP and FIP uh-huh. and all those things yesterday. And I appreciate that they're trying to mix these uh-huh. things into the broadcast. I don't know that Dick Bramer is the is the conduit that we need for the mainstream audience, <laughs> but and Morno's trying to Morno actually was yeah. kind of defending FIP yeah. and well, it's it's, it's not perfect, but it's a way for you to quantify the things that a pitcher can control. So your batting average on balls in play. And this, you can think of this as a hitter and as a pitcher. It's everything that doesn't go over the fence mm-hmm. and is in in play, essentially. So you're taking away strikeouts, you're taking away. So a strikeout can negatively impact your batting average, but a strikeout has no bearing on your batting average on balls in play. Yep. So if you have a, you could, for instance, have like Mike Trout is a guy that has at times in his career, has had a batting average on balls in play between 370 and 400 because he just hits missiles. When he puts a ball in play because he hits the ball so hard and usually hits line drives or towering fly balls that go off the fence, he's going to have those balls convert to a hit more often than the guy that pops the ball up all the time like Max Kepler. So a league average batting average on balls in play usually falls between 290 and 310. Max Kepler's career batting average on balls in play is 248. Mm. That's not bad luck. Over the course of one year, that might be bad luck. And and there's in, in small sample size, you can say, boy, that guy that guy's been a pretty good hitter. Why is his batting average so low? Oh, his career batting average on balls in play, based on his fly ball line drive ground ball profile, is 340. And this year it's 180 through two months. That's probably going to turn at some point if he just keeps hitting the ball, right? Mm-hmm. But Max Kepler has been one of the the lowest batting average on balls and play guys in all of baseball because he rolls over a lot of pitches for weak ground balls and he pops the ball up often, oftentimes more often than other players. Okay, is that two in the weeds? No, I don't think so. Because over these last okay. twenty games, his batting average, so traditional batting average, is two eighty one. His batting average on balls and play over those twenty games is two ninety eight. 
So they're they're very close together. On top of him having some nice power, right? Four home runs. He's drawn 10 walks. He's always actually had a pretty decent eye at the plate. I'll give him credit for that, even when he hasn't been able to hit. He actually has a fairly decent eye. That's above league average. But I am curious if he can continue that because he is kind of this weird streaky player where he can hit. He has some pop. He has a very good eye. He's a decent right fielder. But then he has stretches where he'll hit 200. Um, so I'm curious if this is this is it. But my statement is Max Kepler never doubted him regardless. Never yeah. doubted him. Max Kepler. One of the great batting average on balls and play guys was Ichiro. So Ichiro had some seat. Now later in his career because his speed kind of wore off. But think about the ways that you could convert a batted ball into a hit. A line drive is going to be a hit. A towering fly ball that goes to the warning track off the wall is a hit. But ground balls that you beat out are going to be hit. So By- so Byron Buxton tends to have a higher batting average on balls in play. Max Kepler doesn't beat out a lot of ground balls for hits. He mm-hmm. just doesn't. He's, he's not super slow, but he's, he's not a burner like Byron Buxton. But there were some seasons where Ichiro, because of line drives, speed, everything. 2004, he hit 400 on balls in play. 2007, 389 balls in play. Two, uh, 2009, 384 on, on balls in play. So Kepler just, when Kepler is striking out a lot, he's not making up for it by... You know, rolling a ground ball and beating it out. He just he doesn't have a lot of ways to get on base unless he's pounding the ball. So that's something to watch with old Max Kepler. All right, my next statement's more of a question. Why would you trade for a pitcher with known elbow issues? Mm. <laughs> so Chris Paddock is now he exited early because of elbow inflammation. Here's an article from CBSSports.com on September 29th, 2021. So. At the end of last season, Chris Paddock received an injection in his right elbow earlier this week and is expected to make a full recovery from a slight UCL sprain in six to eight weeks. Mm. He had his elbow checked out by Dr. Keith Meister, who previously oversaw the right-hander's Tommy John surgery in 2016. He was recommended to treat the elbow this time around through non-surgical means, setting him up for what should be a relatively normal offseason. So you... This guy had an elbow injection at the end of the season last year. Yeah, hanging by a thread, and now it might not be. How often do you hear torn UCL, yeah. non-surgery option, and, and it, it works out well? You don't. In the long run. And I hate that, have the surgery. But yes, I, I yes, I thought the same exact thing. And it's like the twin, it, they, they were, so he, he departed the game, what, after like two and a third or something on Sunday? And yep. and they're like, you know, this might not, this might not might not be good news. Yeah, you know what? It's not going to be. Like, what's he going to come back and hey, it tore, it's hey. good, it's it's all torn now. Now I can pitch again. No, it's not going to be good news. Flopping <laughs> around. I mean, no, I thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, here's the pitch. Just arms, just like falls off. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. All right, that's my, that was my last one. You guys have any other twin statements? Yeah, I got one more. I got one more because yeah. yours was negative on pitching, and I'm going to go positive because this is the new me. This is the new Judd. Naturally. Sports Dad Sunshine. Here's my statement. Starting to make an impact. Mm. Starting to make an impact. It turns out that there is a chance that Derek Falvey might have just needed time to identify in the draft starting pitching because we, we have been talking on – this show for like the last year about like really not finding pitching like he's trading for some of it but he's not finding it. Bailey Ober, 12th round pick in 2017, currently hurt but certainly a staple of the rotation now. Josh Winder, nice. who has been like who has been as the kids like to say shoving, he's been outstanding and Shoves. certainly will almost have to stay in the rotation in some way shape or form once guys come back or in Paddock's case they don't come back. Seventh-round pick in 2018. So maybe it just took some time before Derek Falvey's pitching selections in the draft started to make an impact. Good. All right. About damn time. How about that for some sunshine, huh? Can I hear the crowd? Can I hear the crowd, please? Thank you. Thank you very much. Take that, Twins Twitter. Judd asking for applause. I was, you know what, Twins Twitter? Asking for applause. I'm supporting the team. I'm supporting the team. Huh? 
Phil didn't, Phil didn't support the team. No, he did not. And Chris Patton. I got, geez, I got two games this week. I got back to back games. I'm going to be baking in the sunshine. Did you say it was going to be 90 on Thursday? 90 here? degrees That's, on can Thursday. Can we just get dude. 75 and call it no, a day? No, do not be this person. Can we just get no, 70? Do I've not be this, been person. this person. I, I swear Always to God. Have. We get have off had my lawn. We have been. Freezing our asses want, off all of April, yeah, and now it's over seventy five, and now you're you're bitching already. I want to be seventy five. Yeah, Jet. Sounds like you don't like living in Minnesota weather, is what it sounds like to me. You don't like the cold, but you don't like it to be too hot. So you like the six days a year where it's perfect. I want seventy five, <laughs> seventy five to eighty. I don't want ninety. I don't need ninety, okay. and I certainly don't need humidity. I hate humidity. Yeah. I do. I hate humidity. To, yeah. Maybe you should move to San Diego or something. I don't like San Diego. I don't really like. like, I don't like the West Coast. People are boring out there. I like the East Coast. We they move quicker. They move quicker. They're passionate about their sports. Plus, yeah, the West Coast. Nobody works. They just drink wine. Yeah, chill out. They show up late to Dodger games. Padres (laughs) fans. Boring. I like the West Coast. Those those statements, by the way, were presented by our friends. If you want to ride out to the West Coast. You know, pick a nice stretch mm. in the summertime. Dennis Kirk is here to help you. You know, riding season is definitely upon us here. We're like a month and a half away from summer for crying out loud here. Dennis Kirk has been a big-time partner of ours here at Score North from the very start a few years ago. And whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at DennisKirk.com. Free shipping on orders over $89. Also over 160,000 parts and accessories in stock. And same-day shipping on orders placed before 8 p.m. Ride more, wait less at DennisKirk.com. Also, before we get to Buffoon of the Week, a shout-out to our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping business owners maximize their success through risk management tools and resources. They specialize in certain industries. You can find a full list of those industries at FederatedInsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, it is time for the Buffoon of the Week. I'm Mackie and Judd. Who is it this week? Judd Zolgad, you do the honors. This one was a slam dunk in every way possible. The buffoon, the buffoons, it's plural. I'm picking on more than one. But the buffoons of the week are NBA fans who think they have license to verbally, and in the case of that punk in Dallas, physically abuse Chris Paul's mother, wife. But beyond that, it's these fans that sit courtside and, like, basically feel that they are protected enough to have license to verbally attack players. Like, viciously, There's it goes well beyond the scope of good taste and smart. So what happened exactly? Well, the, it sounds... I saw the kid getting ejected, and yeah, he, was, he looked it, like a deer in the headlights, and Chris Paul was berating him. Yes, and it sounds like, like um, Chris Paul's wife and mom... Well, first of all, his mom was somehow, according to the story I read, shoved at some point. Now, I don't know hard or not, but who cares? Um, And then his wife was, I think, verbally accosted. And I don't know if it was just that kid or what, because, yeah, that that kid looked young and and clueless. Uh, But it's the bigger problem is this. We see these type of stories way too much. Like, just because you're sitting near the court doesn't give you the right to basically think that you are protected enough that you can ver- verbally confront and say whatever you please to a player. It's ridiculous. Okay, what if, uh, hear me out on this, okay? What if you had a certain limited amount of tickets, maybe like 100 tickets, where you you, you paid extra for the right to be able to verbally accost people? Um, you know, it's, it's like an extra $500, but you can say <laughs> and do pretty much whatever I you want. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think the players <laughs> deserve that. Like, it's fine. If you want to if you wanna give them some good old, you know, fashioned grief, that's fine. But, like, you literally have guys now, and it's these dude bros who drive me crazy. The worst. Who think that that, that they have bought <laughs> a bros. ticket and think they'll be protected by, like, security and stuff. So they can get away with saying inflammatory things about players' families, um, probably worse than that at times. I don't know. But I just – basketball is a great, really cool spectator sport because it's the one sport where you can be super close, right? Like you could be Mm -hmm. on the court basically, which is awesome. But to then, you know, very 2022 to abuse that and to think, well, I'm paying a lot, so I can say whatever I want to Chris Paul – 
and it can cross the line, and Chris Ball can't touch me. You know, these dude bros, I'd like to see him get beat up. Basketball is weird because in football, every, everyone is very much up eight feet in oh, the yeah. air, and it's it's very much separated. Baseball, the, there's a net now around the entire infield. And you're not on top baseball. of home plate, you know? There are literally fans sitting on the court yes. next to the bench in basketball. And then fans sitting yes. a row behind you when you're on the bench. You could be sitting on the bench. You might be sitting next to a fan and then a fan breathing down your neck behind you. Correct. You know, it's it's very bizarre. And, like, you, you will see cross court, the point guard, bringing the ball up the floor. And, and a fan will be walking, like, with their beer back to their seat. Yeah. And, like, they're separated by this much. Yeah, it's absurd. Which is is awesome. That's really, really cool. But then these idiots that abuse it and think that they have license to say whatever they so, you know, want because they paid a lot. I mean, screw that. It's not right. It's like when Larry David trips Shaq. Oh, God, that's a great one. That's such a good one. like an all-timer. That's such a good one. But Barkley said, fix the problem. By allowing that fan and the player being accosted to go to center court and let the player beat the crap out of the fan, and that will fix the problem instantly because no one else will want to get beat up well, in Barkley fashion. It, He's not wrong. So I heard that take, but would it would it be a fi- it be a five minute fight though? Right? It wouldn't be just a five minute. You wouldn't be tying the guy up. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be so a fight, if, and but, the guy like, can like, defend but, himself. But, but, well, but if that guy beats your star player. I don't like the now you're, fans' now it's chance. Kind of a, a, <laughs> I don't like the fans' chance. You don't think that, that kid could have taken? Chris Paul's thirty-seven. He just played a bunch of minutes. He he looks tired to me. You know, there's nothing worse too than some young punk who thinks he's cool, right? Oh yeah, like that that kid. I would have loved to see that that kid okay, get whacked. Now you're just yelling at clouds right yeah. across the face. No, I'm not. No, like if the fan looked like a he could defend punk himself, who thinks he's cool. Did, did you see that kid? He was the he was yeah, a young that, punk but, who but thought he was what, cool. He was a young player. Okay, he's young the de- think he's cool. the definition of a kid who deserved his comeuppance. Okay, Sush. I agree that that kid definitely deserved his comeuppance, but I don't agree that all young kids who think they're cool are the devil. No, not if they're smart be enough. Banned from society. No, no, heck, no, no, no. That's not what I said. I said if you're that kid, you should be. Yeah, if you're if you're a good kid, you're smart. God bless you. Declan's a young kid who thinks he's cool. Yeah. Yeah, but he's not going to verbally accost a player. Oh, I verbally I have verbally accosted players at baseball. <laughs> uh, not, okay, not with not with uh, terms. Like you're not going to talk about the player's family, I hope. No, or, or, but on my second date with now my beloved girlfriend, I, I screamed trash can banger at George Springer when he popped out, you know, like that. <laughs> Dude, that's I fine. literally I stood up and yelled and she still liked me. But, so Yeah. But you they deserve that. That's fine. What I'm saying is you didn't yell about Springer's family. No. How comfortable did you feel on that first date? Pretty that was comfortable. First date? Second, second date. You second were trying date. to impress her How? with your not knowledge of things. No, too. she has. I no. mean, you have to feel that's a risky thing to do on a second date is to Very jump risky. up and yell trash can banger at a baseball yeah, player. Feels right about yeah, that. I think I said go. And then you have to sit down and no. explain it potentially. No. Maybe she knew what, what you were she doing. She kind of knew. Yeah, yeah, she knew. She mul- She's actually pretty good with baseball uh but uh yeah i i, yeah, I think i stood up and i yelled go bang another trash can you bum i think is what i, what I yelled. <laughs> that's fine that's why don't fine. you yell the same thing at carlos correa when he comes up no he, play he plays for my team now he plays for my team now. okay yeah, and me and carlos go what way back from from 25th it's a whole thing what a hypocrite oh no, yeah he... we're cool we're, we're speaking of being cool mm-hmm. me and carlos correa that's right cool. my, my favorite i was a i was a kid in the mid to late 90s and manny ramirez was with the cleveland indians pretty new at the time Actually, no, no, this was actually not Manny Ramirez. It was Juan Gonzalez. I think they Juan both Gan. played for Cleveland at the time. Oh, Juan, yeah, Juan. Or maybe this was when Juan Gon played for Texas. I'm, it was like late 90s. And Juan Gon was in the outfield. And there was a bunch of fans just yelling, just chanting at him and just ripping him and stuff, like yelling steroids. I don't know. what. And all he did was turn around, acted like he was pulling his wallet out of his back pocket and started fanning fake cash. Good for him. At the fans. Dude, that's awesome. Say, that's great. I don't that's care what you shirt. think. I make a ton of money. Yeah. Screw you. That's actually a great shirt. <laughs> that's, dope. that's awesome. So, I can't use that. All right. That's your buffoon of the week. Yeah. I agree, by the way. That kid was a deserved yeah. Well, and just be smart. Fans, just be smart. Especially rich fans. There's a lot of rich fans now. A lot, of rich, lower bowl. a lot of rich fans. At those Warriors games, you're probably, probably well, those a rich people, tech guy. Yeah, that's a very good one. All right. Yeah.
Any, anyhow, all right, yeah. that's a wrap. Mackie and Judd here. Daily okay. Minnesota sports entertainment lessons, therapy, speculation. We'll see you guys over on Purple Daily. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The college football playoff committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget, BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.